if you will, open up to 1 John 4, 7. What have we been talking about for two weeks? Love, or I love you is what we called it. And so we're going to go a little further. 1 John 4, verse 7. Now, I understand this. When we're reading the Bible, there are two sides to the Bible. Well, there's probably more, but there's a, an outreach side to the Bible where we're commanded and compelled to reach other people, uh, to do what it takes to get them to come in, to be able to hear the message or personally give the message of Jesus to them and then bring them in so they can get trained up and they can get discipled in the word of God. But church, in one sense, is an opportunity for believers to be fed, to be inspired, to be helped in their own life and their own walk with God. And, and that can be multifaceted, you know, and for each person. And so this is one of those topics that can be challenging, but is, can be so fruitful to marriages, to relationships, to you being an, a good employee or a good employer or whatever the thing is. And uh, it's a great thing for us to really bring out the new life that's in us. Inside of everybody that's born again, that has received Jesus, there is a new man, a new woman, whatever, a new self. It's not a mental self. It's not a physical self. It's a spiritual self. It's the part of you that when you leave this earth, it's the part that goes to God. And it's real interesting because if you're a student of the Bible or you've read through the Bible, you'll see different terms. And uh, writing to some adults in the Bible, in the book of Corinthians, he said, you are babies. Now, he wasn't name calling, you know, like, you're such a baby. Huh, you are. You know, it wasn't like that. It was really there where they had developed spiritually. Then another place, he called them children, not babies, children. And then another place, the Bible calls them people of full age. And then it tells us how to get there. But what he's describing is how a person is developed spiritually inwardly, not physically. So it's, it's of interest that you could be a hundred years old and be you just received the Lord, you would be a baby. You could be 30 and receive the Lord a while back and you could be, you know, developed some in the Lord. And, uh, but just because we're saved doesn't mean we're developing, but we can. And you know what's wild is in the Bible, it tells us that you could have developed and then gone backwards in age. Isn't that wild? Because you can't do that as a person. You know, they don't flunk you in 11th grade and move you back to third grade. Like you're flunking this year. You're going back to second grade. What? No, but the Bible does say when it concerning spiritual growth, he said where you should be teachers and be this. He said you have to be taught again. And he said now you're a baby needing only milk and not meat. So he said, where they had been one place, now they had moved backwards. That's not to be mean. It's to recognize there's an inward part of you that can grow, be exercised, and developed. And it's different 
than the outside. You with me? As a matter of fact, I think it's Proverbs 27, 19 says, as water reflects the man's face, one translation reads, it says, so a man's life reflects his heart. Well, you could see then that a life could go forward and then go backward and then go forward. And our life reflects our heart. So you could say this, uh, how I'm loving is reflecting what's going on inside of me. How I see things, how I'm walking with God, and uh, how, how I am. And so it's not to be a condemning thing. We, we just want to grow. Would you agree? And there's benefits to growing in this. So we're going to begin reading here in 1 John 4, verse 7. It says, beloved. So who's he writing to? That's a Christian term. Beloved. Now, God loves the world, but we're his beloved. If you don't know, you know, you know, like some people, you know, have name badges. That's your middle name. Somebody said it is. With God, he sees you as beloved. And uh, so when he says beloved, and this, he said, let us love one another. That's a big statement. Who's one another? All the people around you, me, others, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8, he who does not love does not know God, for God is is love. Notice that phrase, God is love. Love is from God and God is love. The Bible said the devil is a liar. If you're concerned about how God's going to treat you, God is love. He's just. And so when it says here, notice verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another. Notice this phrase, for love is of God. Love is from God. Let me say that again. Love is from God. Love is not from the world. So there's going to be a lot of definitions and a lot of ideas, a lot of counterfeits of what this love should be. But if you think about it, and you know the Greek, there are multiple words for the word love. Not all words are equal. You know, we know the city in Philadelphia, the city of, it means the city of brotherly love. Do you know that's a word, phileo? It's a type of love, but that's not what he's writing here in the Greek. He said, he says, for agape, not phileo or sorge or the different types of love, he said agape is from God. Do you know that definition, agape, or the word agape, which means love? It, that's how we read it. Never existed in the language of the Greeks until Jesus came and he made up a word. You ever heard somebody make up a word and they use it and they act like it's real? And you're like, what? 
Jesus made up a word. Think about it. He said, a new commandment I give you that you agape one another. What does that mean? That you agape one another, even as I have agaped you. So think about it. He didn't just make up a word. He was expressing the word, and then that was the description of it. And then he said, now what we call love or this description, you can mimic it by looking at me. Remember, we talked about that. And so when he said, love one another as I have loved you, he modeled this agape. When people would come to him caught in the act of adultery, according to the law, they should be stoned to death. But according to agape, or you could say God, because God is love. So according to God, he said, whoever's perfect, you go ahead and cast the stone. You be judgmental. You be this way. And then everybody else up there went, well, we can't do that because we're all guilty too. You with me? So he was introducing agape. You could say this. He was introducing himself. See, they had never seen God like this before. And Jesus came to show us God. He said, I don't do anything, say anything, unless God directs me. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So you could say it like this. If you've seen me, you've seen love. So if you're curious how the Lord would deal with you personally, you need to look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. And then if I'm hanging out with God, I'm hanging out with agape, this new definition, I'm hanging out with love. Somebody said, I don't think I've been hanging out with agape. Because, you know, you can get, get a twisted idea of who God is and how he's going to act and how he's going to treat you and the way he's going to do things. You know, because people say, well, God's sending people to hell. No, he's done everything so people don't have to go. And he compels us by his own love to act in that love and then go share with people and tell people so they don't have to go. They don't go to hell because they're sin. And you say, you're going to hell because of your sins. No, your sins are already paid for. People are going because they didn't receive the payment. But it's already taken care of. So love or agape should compel us. But agape is not these other definitions of love. Eros, where we get erotic, you know, like, hey, baby, you know, you go to the movies, you could watch all this, baby, check this out, man, I love you. Let's go sleep together, have sex. But you can't say that because that's not always appealing, so I love you. I love you. You love me. We love each other. I, love, I loved him. We made love. You didn't make agape. You might have made a guppy, a baby, <laughs> but you didn't make agape, right? And just all through this love thing, well, I love them. They love me. A lot of love is not agape. You know what I'm saying? So oh, I love him. No, we've clumped them all together. And here we read a verse that says, 
love is of God, agape is of God, which agape doesn't seek its own. But a lot of the stuff that the world calls love is motivated by me, not you. And what's best for you. Well, I'm alone without you. I need you. I can't live without you. Maybe they should live without you. You know what I mean? Maybe they're not equally yoked. Maybe they're not going the same way that you are. Maybe God's dealt with you. Don't be around that. Don't be with them. You, you know what I'm talking about? You're out there dating. God, hey, make sure that we as believers don't mistake agape love for another type of eros love or erotic love. That kind of stuff will make you empty in time because it only reaches so far. It's not a divine quality, not that it's bad in its place. You with me? This is the highest type of love. And let's read this again because I think it's worthy of it. Beloved, let us love one another for love or this kind of love is from God. It's not from anywhere else. Its origin is in heaven. Its origin is out of God himself because God is agape. You with me? And so he said, everyone who loves is born of God. Well, notice this. Believers should be lovers. Not all those other types, and those are not bad. We should have phileo or Philadelphia, as we would say, brotherly love. But we also should have this agape love as an overarching rule of our lives. It would compel us to do things we otherwise wouldn't be compelled with those other types of love. When Jesus said, go the extra mile, he's talking agape. Not the other one, because the other one says, well, what have they done for me? So you're not going to find this all together in the world. There may be people, because man is God's creation, where they try to attain to this, but this never existed until Jesus came and people could be born again to where they could get a new nature. And so when he said, love is of God, agape is of God, this new kind of love is God, and everyone who's born of God loves this way. Let me make this statement you could be born of God and not loving this way. Well, what does that mean then? It just means you have locked away the spiritual man that, or woman that you are. How did you lock it away? You've allowed your mind to think, or we have through the world to get cluttered, and think the best way to act is like this. They do me wrong, I'm going to do them wrong back. And then what we do is we lock that inward man up. Instead of him being able to rule and express this agape. And this is where frustration can come to the believer. 
Because when we let this love out, we're letting out love and joy and peace and everything that we've received in the Lord in this new man. And this new man gets to dominate through love and through faith. And so notice when he says, verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. That's where this love has its origin. Some of the other ones have their origin in your feelings, your sensual feelings. But even those ones for the believer should be dominated by this kind of love. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. If I walk in this love, I'm going to know God. If I don't walk in this love, even if I'm born of God, I'm going to be hindered in knowing God. Say, why? I'm going to think he could be just ready to blow up on me right now. He's just mad at me. We don't know this love that originates with God that said to the, the woman caught in adultery, just go and don't do this anymore. I don't condemn you. And that was not what the law gave because the law was for, you know, the penalty to show that nobody was good enough. And so many people have pushed that over into this place of life and think, you know, that this is how God treats you. No, he treats you as a son and as a daughter. And, you know, we look at things of parents, and if they do certain things, we think well, they need to be locked up. Those kids need to be taken away. But how many people would turn around and say, oh, it's okay for God to treat us like that? Well, we need to read the Bible. He's patient. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Notice it didn't say great is yours. It didn't say great is mine. And how many people judge his love based on their own faithfulness, not his? And so then we view God out of our own failure and our own perception and not by the way he is. I believe he will not be pleased one bit to see one person, whether it's Adolf Hitler or whoever, go to hell. I don't believe he'll be pleased with that. This was his creation that he loved. He sees value in people whether they want him or not. Whether they choose to go their own way. And, and one aspect is he wants people to reach him. And so, but back to this. When he says God is love, we may be viewing God wrong. And so one thing is, is we need to develop in this love, but not just as a rule, but out of his character, knowing his character, we need to hang out with him. You know, we read these different verses last week. He who hangs around with an angry man, be careful because you could learn of his ways, get a snare to your soul. In other words, you start acting like an angry man. And then we read verses where people hung out with Jesus and then when he was long gone, they perceived by their life, their boldness and different things uh, that they had been with Jesus. That stuff rubbed off. And if you're looking at God wrong, 
you may get a warped view of him. So Jesus expressed the view and then said, now, this agape you've seen in me, you live it based on what you've seen in me. And so if that's the case and God is love and he said, he who, verse 8, he who does not love does not know God. Now understand this, that doesn't mean you're not saved. But when you don't love, it hasn't worn off on you. You're not seeing how God is. And you're not transferring it to others. And if you're just like, man, you're, you're done for and you're harsh. Or me or anybody, we, we don't recognize God like we should. Hallelujah. Well, what's the key? Find out what he's like. And, and so this love, I mean, has done its best and gave its all to ransom man and, and, and then bring us into a place where we can have fellowship and know him. But notice verse 8, he who does not love does not know God for God is love or agape, this kind of love. Not other people's version, this version. And that, I think, is important because there are a lot of versions of love. Here's what's the problem. We cherry-pick parts. Like some people say, you know, you just need real good self-love. You just need to love yourself, and that'll help you to love others. You know, because the Bible said, love your neighbor as yourself that's a different concept. If you go down that just thinking, I got to love myself and I got to have this self-love, you're not even acting in agape. And that's not what he's saying. He's basically saying nobody's going to harm themselves purposefully if you're thinking right. So be that way to others. In other words, see through your own lenses when you do this. How would other people like this? How would I like it? I wouldn't. Then, then don't do that to them. Everybody okay? 1 Corinthians 13, a familiar verse, uh, or verses, 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 4 through 8. But we're going to look at this a little bit different. We did this last week. Um, you could say this about this love. This love's origin is not an earthly love. It's a heavenly love. And so you could say the other love's are more of an earthly love than they are a heavenly love. You with me? And, and so we're born of heaven. We're not just, we're born of two worlds. Are, are you, you here? We're born, you're born of two worlds. You're born of an earthly kingdom, an earthly parent, and then you're born, if you've received the Lord, of a heavenly parent. And if you're born of God, then you could say you're born of love. How many of us have seen characteristics of our own parents in our lives, like it or not? Oh, and now we're seeing the hand. How many parents have gone to discipline their kid and saw themselves right looking back at them? Dang, I can't even spank them. 
That's what I do. Isn't that the truth? You need this. That's me. Where did you get that? From you. You know, I remember hearing this story about this little kid. And the, it was a pastor's wife told this story. And this little boy was throwing this temper tantrum, trying to get his way. I mean, this is a true story. Just throwing a temper tantrum. Just going off and crying and fussing and everything. She said, son, we can't act that way. That's not how we act. And the kid just straightened up and said, well, dad does. <laughs> Ouch. This is why we have to fellowship with God. And fellowship with him in his word and, 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 and through prayer and be honest and God's not beating us and condemning us. Up in our head, we might be condemned, but from his standpoint, he's not. He's trying to get us to move forward and make the best of our lives while we're here and, and, and to serve him and do things to help the kingdom before we go to the other side and transition out of this body. And so if we don't, we're going to show up and go, oh, you're God? We're going to know him, but we're going to be shocked by some of his mercy. And he's just, he's holy. He's not unholy. You know, we see he's holy, be holy. We see Holy Spirit, not unholy. He's not going to guide us that way. He's super holy. He's super pure, but he is love. And love is pure. This kind of love. The regular kind of love is not pure. Human love is not pure. But this kind of love is really pure. And it's, there's no darkness in it at all. That's why the Bible tells us if we do this kind of love, we'll never sin. We'll never commit adultery. We'll never. So if we've ever stepped out and lied and ever acted wrong that violated any law, we stepped out of this love. So hanging out with God and seeing this image of who he is makes it a different program when we go to live this because like we said, he said, he said, as I have loved you, you identify with that and then you turn around and give that love or that agape to other people. And the only place you're going to find it is with him. Now, you may see sprinklings of it in people or different people, but Jesus, you got to see the whole thing in action. You, you there now in 1 Corinthians 13? Because I'm not. I'm giving you more time. No, I'm giving myself time. 1 Corinthians 13 says this, and, and most of us are familiar with this verse right here or these verses, and I'm going to read this um, four through eight. It says, love, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. or It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own rights, uh, is not provoked or easily provoked. It thinks no evil or literally takes no account of evil or keeps it. You know what I mean? Just adding up evil stuff. They did this and this. And it's a forgiver, basically. 
It says it does not rejoice in iniquity or in wrong, but rejoices in the truth or when it prevails. It bears all things or bears up under all things. It believes the best in all things, situations, or is ready to, hopes or expects in all things, endures all things. And it goes on to say love never fails or it never uh, becomes obsolete. Because God is forever, this love is. Now, the reason why I read that, because we're most familiar with those verses, most people. You don't even have to be in church, and people are familiar with those verses. But remember, when we're talking about this love here, it's this new kind of love. It's this love that was represented in Christ, that if you want to see it, you see him. So you could say, where it says love, you could change it to agape. But what I want to do is read it a different way altogether. And instead, and read it like I did last week, and put, instead of love is, I want to put this, God is. Because God is love, so we'll be able to see his character a little bit better if we read it like that. And then we'll recognize this is our relationship with God. Notice this, God is patient, God is kind, God does not envy, you know, in the evil sense. Uh, God does not boast. He tells it how it is, but he's just, I mean, if there's anybody could put himself on display, it's God. Love does not dishonor others. Now, God will air some laundry sometimes, but he normally keeps it down low, giving us space. You with me? And so it says, love or God does not dishonor others. Love or God is not self-seeking. That's why he sent his son. Love or God is not easily angered. Look at how many times he was so patient in the Bible. There's a scripture that blows me away in the book of Revelation. That there was this, we, we know this Jezebel lady, this one that does all this horrible stuff. It says, God gave her space to repent, but it said she would not. Then he passed judgment, but it said he just gave space giving her time. But if you go look at the space he gave, it was, ah, uh, she was committing fornication with people in the church, with some of the men. Now, those men were responsible for their own lives to live holy and not to sleep with her and not to carry on like that. So they were responsible, but God didn't just boom. He gave her space to change, but she would not and then he judged her. And those people, if they continue on, but he's loved to even permit that. So sometimes I know people think, well, I'm getting away with what I'm doing. No, he's giving space because he's loving. I mean, I may not like that, but it's a fact. But I should like it because we all need it. Somebody said, well, what are you doing? I, what if I have an attitude and the Lord's dealing with me? Then I have to deal with that. It can be anything. You with me? But he's loving, so he gave space. 
It says it's not easily angered or God is not. It keeps or love. God does not keep, keeps no records of wrong. When we know in Christ, he's forgiven you all your trespasses. Man, when you come to God and you're struggling, he's not looking at you through the lenses of every little thing you did. He's looking at you as his child and he's trying to help you to stand. So if I'm hanging out with God and I'm receiving this and I'm looking at this, how am I going to treat other people? This is what we pass on. This isn't to condemn anybody, but think about how my relationship could be with God when I recognize, man, he really is merciful and he is really trying to help. And how many people act like an adopted dog that's been beaten? You know what I'm talking about? Isn't it amazing? We all see the videos. <clears throat> Get the new dog, it's great. There's an adoption, you know. And the thing just shakes and pees all over everything and you go to pet it and it's like, oh, I'm going to get killed. There are a lot of people who have a relationship with God like that. And I mean, and those dogs, you know, can take weeks, months, years to recover from that. But don't they have a good new owner? You got a good new owner. You belong to God. And, and so some people are, nah, nah, and they don't realize. And, it, and it's not just, come on, straighten up. That's not going to work. You got to get around them and see. And experience. And he'll be patient with you. Because he recognizes where we've been, where we've come from, not to leave us there. And his power is there to help. Notice verse 6, it says, Love does not uh, delight in evil. Or you could say God does not delight in evil. Well, if I'm born of God, then I should not delight in evil. But love or God rejoices in the truth or when it has its way. How many people have rejoiced when a bad man, something happened to them, and we said, oh, the evil, that got them, finally, they were not nice to me. Mm, I wonder if God was excited about it. If God wasn't, then love wasn't. And if love wasn't, I shouldn't be. And I understand, I, I believe God rejoiced when Hitler was taken down. Not because of taking down Hitler per se, but the evil he was disseminating. He was not for that. You with me? I mean, I think he separates the whole from the individual things. I think he looks at things many times in a bigger way than we do. He's a little smarter than us by miles. You know, the Bible said his understanding is beyond searching. So love or God does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth or when it prevails. Love always protects. God is a protector. Love is a protector. It always trusts. God trusts. He entrusts us to reach the world. Yay. 
And we say, he's got a lot of trust. He believes in us. He believes in us to do the things we're supposed to do. He trusts us. God trusts. We should too. And I understand there are the things where people get proved in, in trusting and giving positions and things like that. I'm not going to go, okay, we just trust everybody. We're going to give everybody who comes this next year a key to the church. Or how about this? We're going to give everybody who comes next year a key to your car. You're like, well, wait just a minute. You understand there are things that govern it because these are within God. And so it goes on to say it always protects, always hopes, always perseveres. Love does. When I feel like I'm running out, I might be running out on love. Love never fails or becomes obsolete is how that reads. Everybody okay? And so when I associate with God, I walk in this love. I know this love. Uh, I recognize this love. Somebody said, well, if I'm of God and I have this love and everyone who's born of God loves and knows God, I don't think I love like that. You can have this love in you. Everybody turn to 2 Corinthians 5. You can have this love in you. It doesn't mean that you're turning it loose. It doesn't mean you're turning it loose. You can have this love in you. You know, when we grew up, you know, you go to a neighbor's kid's house or whatever, and, you know, the kids run in and they leave the door open. You know what the parents say? Close that door. We're not trying to heat the great outdoors in the whole neighborhood or cool the whole neighborhood. Well, first of all, that doesn't work. You're not heating and cooling the whole thing. But you are letting something out that's locked up in it. And when it comes to this new life, we are to release and let out this new love that's in us. Notice 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, and we're probably mostly familiar with this. Therefore, verse 17, if any man or anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Well, what is he talking about? Did you get a new wardrobe of clothes when you got saved? Did your hair all of a sudden become heavenly? I mean, this would be the easiest way to win the world, just get somebody saved. Now, I believe it should show up in our countenance. You can't fellowship with God and obey God and it not affect you. And that is noticeable. It literally is. We know that. You see people who are just rebelling, and you're like, well, don't do that. And it just shows up. But when people are walking, there, there should be something in them coming out. And so when he said that, you know, you're a new creation, that's not just an outward thing. It's something that happens inside of you. It's not in your mind. It's in the spiritual part of you that gets made new. When all of a sudden God becomes alive to you in a way you didn't know. You gave your life to him. And you're like, man, it was like a weight lifted off. My sins are gone. I'm new. Hallelujah. Something's different. And you want to serve God and know God. That part of you got new life. 
you could say it was born of love, and what it got was it got love. It got love. I said it got love. Agape. Not one of the other ones. And so therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things, notice, not just new, but the old is gone. Not just new, the old is gone. Not just new, you just didn't get new in you, the old is gone. Somebody said, well, why do I think those old thoughts? Because you have to renew your mind. You still live in a hostile world. There's something beyond the mind. There's, and, and there's an enemy out there who's willing to throw what the Bible calls fiery darts or thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. And you need to realize, they're just like the, the devil can be organized. And there can be times where you're like, man, I'm going for it with God. And you start moving forward. Well, when you start moving forward, there might be a row of enemies there. And how do they operate? They jump on you and get you in the headlock, you know, and throw you down. No, they start throwing fiery darts at your mind. What are you doing? This is stupid. Whatever it is. And now you're like, but I was going to serve God. And why have I got all these thoughts? I gave my life to the Lord. I'm so excited. And I got these thoughts. Yeah, because there's a spiritual world. And you can make it through all that. And you can quench those fiery darts. And you can move forward in God. And you can get beyond that line and that place and that position. But notice he said, Verse 18, now all things are of God. Well, what has God got? A bunch of old junk stuff. He's like, you're like, you're the tin man. I think I don't got a heart. God ran out of hearts. He ran out of love. No, you got this love in you. I've got it. What have I done with it? Am I like the man with the talents? One had five. He put it in an action and it grew. Another had two talents, and he put it into action, it grew. Another man had one talent, he buried it in the ground, it didn't grow. And once it was buried, it wasn't being put into use at all, but he had it. Then when his master came, he said, what'd you do with it? He said, I knew you were strict and hard and all this, I buried it. He said, what in the world did you bury it for? We shouldn't bury love. Notice verse 18, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. It basically tells us he's not holding anything against us, but he made us new. Well, he made us new of love. Everyone who's born of God loves or has the potential. Now we're going to close over here. In Ephesians, there's a couple of verses I was going to read, but I'm not going to. I didn't realize we had gone this long. And it, it really is talking about love from Ephesians 4.23. Actually, he mentions it before all the way into the fifth chapter. And he talks about walking in love. And he talks about any terms he uses about love, being patient, forgiving, not being bitter. He said this, when you walk in love, you don't give place to the devil. But in Ephesians 4.23, it tells us that people uh, are born of God 
who are created in God, I'm actually going to read it or part of it. It says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, verse 23, verse 24, that you put on the new man. That's that new part of you that has love. Put it on. Get it out of the inside of you. Start thinking different to put it on is what he's saying. He said, and put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. One translation or actually numerous translations say this. It says created to be like God. Not just created by God this way, but to be created like God. Well, how is God? If God is love, then you were created to be like God. That, then, it, well, I said I wasn't going to read. I'm not going to read all of it, but I will skip down to the fifth chapter. He said verse 1 of the fifth chapter, and you can go read the rest of it later. He said, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, right? Created to be like God. Renew your mind to this new way of love. And then he said, verse 2, and walk in love as Christ also agaped us and gave himself as an offering and a sacrifice to God. Well, what are we saying? There's a new kind of love that will solve problems, that will release this new life, that will help us immensely. And I'll tell you what, first off, not that we only do this, but first off, we need to know this love from God. You with me? Not our version of it, but the version we see with our relationship with Him. Not a version that somebody makes up, but I mean a well-developed version of hanging out with God. I mean, there have been times I've done wrong, and, and I knew in myself I did wrong, but God was never condemning me. He was drawing me. And so that should be my approach to people. Our approach. I think that goes a little further than some of our own approach. <laughs> 